Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Welcome back to Season 3 of Comic Book Beach. The official podcast of comicbook.com. I am your host, Kofi Outlaw. With me today, I got my crew, including Janelle Wheeler. Hello, hello. Happy early holidays, I guess. And Mr. Matthew Aguilar. What up? How's everybody? And today we got a lot to do and we got to be precise because we have a very special guest rolling through. Matt, this was all your get and we have something great to talk about. What do, who do we have coming through today? We got Raquel Gonzalez of NXT War Games, which hits this Sunday. I'm very excited, by the way, if that wasn't apparent. <laughs> if you guys are new to this show and are just jumping on now, uh, my co-host Matthew Aguilar has been quietly using our show as a backdoor pilot to his own wrestling <laughs> podcast for quite some time. And so we are doing another kind of installment of that, but it is NXT War Games this weekend. And so... This is a great get because we're going to sit down and talk some wrestling with Raquel Gonzalez. And uh, before we do that, however, we do have to talk about something that's going on on the Marvel side this week. I thought we'd just kind of focus in and get a little geeky and dive into uh, Hawkeye. We had a nice impassioned debate about Hawkeye and uh, should this TV show, you know, was this the Marvel hero to get a TV show? We did all that last week. And uh, surprisingly, we all we all landed on yes, and I think that was a good bet because cut to this week, and we got arguably what is like one of the better episodes of Marvel Disney Plus series, at least for me, that we've seen Agreed. so far. Absolutely, uh, can we? Can, I never know with this crew. Can we all agree? On oh that? my god, <laughs> I'm just all... so impressed with the show. Okay, yeah. it's so good. Mm-hmm. So uh, we're in yeah. agreement. What? Yeah, I know really? this podcast is falling apart. We need to cause drama somehow between all of us again. <laughs> I It'll hated happen. the It'll dog. Happen. That will piss everybody off. <laughs> wow! <laughs> Do not get us canceled. I didn't say like let's go from like not having conflict to like getting the show canceled altogether. Oh man! All right. So uh, our Phase Zero podcast with Brenda Davis. They did a great reaction to episode three. You guys can uh, check that out. It's also on this Twitch channel. But um. Hawkeye episode three gave us a lot to talk about. Uh, my favorite thing, which are theories. It's time to get our tin foil hats on. Or is this even considered a tin foil hat? Let's just get to it. <laughs> so in episode three, we might um, Maya Lopez, a.k.a. Echo. And we got like a nice kind of origin, you know, back look story for her to really establish her. Because if you guys don't know, like Marvel has already signed off on her getting her own spinoff series as Echo has become a bigger and bigger character in Marvel lore since she was introduced in like what the late 90s early 2000s Daredevil comics 
yeah, so she's become a much bigger figure. I mean, literally, like, much bigger cosmic figure right now. Yeah. Um, and so she's getting her own series. And so we got an introduction to her. But there's a lot that they're playing within them, just like Winter Sol- uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier played in kind of like these murky references to, like, the Marvel Cinematic Underworld. Now Hawkeye's doing this, like who, you know, the tracksuit mafia is and who Maya's father, you know, crazy horse Willie Lopez was, uh, you know, who they're connected to in the criminal underworld and who this mysterious uncle is that she's working for. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, this is Kingpin, right? Like we can just say that, right? I mean, when he, when he says that one line, I was like, Oh, is that Kingpin? <laughs> and then, like, all the clues after, you're like, oh, okay, well, that's, if it's not him, it'll be one of those classic MCU things of, like, it, like, it wasn't him, it was, like, you know, Phil. <laughs> from uh, The engineer, yeah. Yeah, you know, whatever. Oh, that wasn't really him. Uh, wink, wink. But, like, I'll be pissed if that happens. Uh, but if, it, it feels like it should be Fisk. Yeah, like it's Kingpin, right, guys? Like everybody's Kingpin. Um, you know what's the funniest is uh Jamie Jirak, Jamie Cinematics over on Phase Zero said, you know, she's a Law and Order fan, and you know anybody's yeah, watched maybe. enough Law and Order, Criminal Intent, you know, you know, you heard Denafrio's kind of chuckle and voice, and you're like, oh yeah, I know who that is. So yeah, that's him. If if the, like if they show him and the dude starts leaning his head <laughs> like this to analyze everything, it's like it's done. I I have this is uh what are you I don't about even, to set it off? I don't know do? if I should say it. I hope it's okay. Oh, you gotta say it now. Well, Vincent followed me on Twitter, so I followed back. And I think I had just posted about Kingpin or something that I, I he's he's so nice, he's very generous with the following. But then he DM'd me and he asked me how I was doing during this crazy time that we're in. And anyways, the conversation went pretty cool. And I asked him, I said, well, I didn't say anything crazy, but I was just like, oh, how are you doing? I, I see that you're in Australia. That's awesome. And he, I tried to like ask him, like, I'm so curious to hear all that you've been working on. And he goes, some cool stuff is coming. Like, that's all he responded. <laughs> but I, I feel like we know what that is. <laughs> Look at man! Look at this. Just See, impromptu. Even, wait, let's just take a pause right now in this show because sometimes it's good to pause the show and talk about like, little slice of life things. If you guys don't have never heard, this is like what you gotta. This is why we have Janelle Wheeler like with us on the show because you never know. It's like a lost episode. You don't know what door is gonna open and like what she's gonna say. She'll be like, "Yeah, there was a time I was also Ronin. It was crazy. I was going through a hard time in my life back then. But I was like in Japan cutting up people and you're like, oh, no, but you're like, oh yeah, American Idol. Yeah, tip, tip. like it, there's a lot that, that you get into. Well, with, I, I messaged yeah, the story him again of Janelle today. Wheeler, but and this is just I, another small example. No, I messaged him again today and I was like, hey, we're all hoping over at comic book that it's you. And so if I get a response back, I might try to ask if he'd want to be on the podcast to chat with us. Uh, so yeah, <laughs> I'll try. I don't know. He's a very busy man and he's very important and I am not, but I'll try. <laughs> I'll try to pull my weight. That is amazing, man. There you <laughs> go. There you go. The yeah, show, see, it already took a turn. It already yeah. took a turn. Yeah. Into, so into you, you gotta love it now because in, I mean, <laughs> Kevin Feige, man, I don't know. Kevin Feige, if you ever hear this, and I don't expect you will, but like if you ever hear this, I don't know how you get rest at night because 
This is such a house of cards that is now stacked because if it is D'Onofrio's kingpin who comes back, is is, that is uh, if. Oh my God. You know, what this says about the ripples of what this says is, is immense. And it's obvious why they would save this for maybe a week or two before we get into this, right? Because if that reveal drops, I, I expect it will drop at a very carefully timed mm. time, right? Like right around before the Wednesday before or the Wednesday after mm, December 17th, yeah. let's say. Uh, because, yeah, if Kingpin's back, I mean, Marvel, I mean, all of us. I mean, I'm sure Adam Barnhart's in like a bunker oh, somewhere already yeah. prepping articles. Like, yeah, Charlie just Cox, saying, like, Charlie Cox. yeah, it's just like what happens about those, all those, remember, remember those uh, Daredevil Spider Man rumors, you know, rumors. So, like, yeah, you know, there's some big things coming. Some big things coming. I You're mean, right, though, about, about Feige, though, I do actually kind of feel bad. Not in a like real like meaningful like feel bad way. Obviously, I honestly I feel like, bad for you guys. <laughs> it but like I dream. feel bad a little bit because like once that happens, we've seen it with No Way Home, and like you know what this like Pandora's box of the Netflix shows is, right? So like there is going to be such a fervent like, oh my god, does that mean how many how many articles are going to get written? Does that mean? What does this mean? Does this person mean this person showing up? It's like, like, oh my God. So I can't imagine like having to be the person's got to be asked about it 90,000 times. So I got kind of in that respect, I kind of feel a little like bad. I mean, they did it themselves. So whatever, but like, I feel a little bad. This is kind of, you know, I've always, my dream is to really, and if anybody, somebody out there in the aether hears this, pass this along, is like, I want to have Kevin Feige like sit down with us for like an hour and not talk anything about spoilers and movies, but just like talk about Kevin Feige. <laughs> like, yeah. Just like yes. inside the mind of Kevin Feige. Like, I also no, want to know his backstory. Like, yeah. Oh, how are you great. doing, Kevin? Yeah, like that's that's right. I mean, I just want to ask him crazy questions. Like, do what do you do? Like, do you ever have a flex moment in the mirror? Because you used to have to sit in those boardrooms at like Sony of all places and listen to all their bad ideas and be like, I swear to God, I can think up something better than this. And what were like, you doing in college? I yeah, don't know. Like, I mean, no, I mean that's all kind of out there. What's if you your read favorite it, like, ramen flavor? Yes, yeah, like, all of those it, things. Matt. That is yeah. great, Matt. I yeah, love but, that. Um, also, mine is true. Yeah, watch, watch it. I mean, if this doesn't like turn out to be, oh man, if it's not Kingpin, oh man, right? I mean, that's the thing. It's like, oh my god, if it's not that, if it's another, oh god, I don't even remember. All right, what's Quicksilver's name from from uh, Wandavision? What what is name? Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) what if it's Ralph Boner's dad that he works for? What if he's actually just Uncle Willie? What if he's from (laughs) from Shang Chi? What if he's the Ten Rings? Oh, what That's if he's I mean, Yeah, there's like Uncle a whole Willie, thing. Keenan Thompson's Uncle Willie from SNL. Let's stop I mean, they Uncle talk Willie. about the dragon a lot. I'm just saying. This is a this is a G-rated show. Let's stop saying Uncle Willie. Okay. Like, <laughs> hey, what you got, Willie? <laughs> anyway, no, Adam Barnhart said some things. There, there are a lot of ways that, like I said, they're making things murky in this criminal underworld to show who the chain is. Because, you know, you have Clint Barton already, already kind of referencing there's like a chain, you know, and who's at the top of it. Yeah is kingpin but how we already know from comics from the netflix stuff even if they jettison that continuity that and make it different like that 
basically that Kingpin has ties to both organized crime and the traditional street sense and the hand and all that ninja stuff. And there's a lot of ways you can string this all together. So yeah, it, it's, they're keeping it purposefully murky, but it is going to be something I can see. Yeah. Take shape. Let's just quickly move on. Cause we had some other things we know. I mean, the Kingpin thing is, you know, we know what that was. Uh, Matt, this one I had for you. Do you think that they, okay, so Hawkeye see episode three ends on this quote unquote cliffhanger, which is just where they cut you know, two episodes yeah, apart, right. uh, where Jack Duquesne, Duquesne, anyway, Jack surprises Duquesne, Clint. Yeah, yeah, Jack Duquesne surprises Clint, uh, you know, when they go to his, to the Bishop apartment to kind of do their thing and some more recon or whatever. And in the comics, we know Jack is Swordsman, but in the comics, Swordsman is also Hawkeye's mentor. Now, I've been kind of pondering this based on the ages of the two of Renner and Tony Dalton, who plays Jack. Um, do you think, Matt, they're going to jettison that whole comic continuity, or do you think that we'll find out that they it'll be a twist that they know each other? I mm, I think it'll be a twist that they know each other. I don't think they jettison all of it. But I do think that like about half of it, if not more, goes. Yeah, <laughs> I don't wondering. think you're gonna get like a lot of that. So, but I do think they will tease it like right after that scene, right when the next episode starts, and like he says, like "Hi, Clint," or you know, something just like some mm-hmm. like wink or whatever to their past, and then later on you find out that like they knew each other, they trained together, or whatever. It's kind of I feel like it's more a ghost maker situation. Yeah, with that. Yeah, yeah, I think it's gonna be that. Like I think. Um, I think it's better for the MCU continuity and, you know, you know, for the franchise possible spinoffs and profits to make it kind of like, uh, kind of, um, I forget the team, uh, the uh, Wolverine's weapon X team, like uh, that we saw like an X-Men origins. I forget what their name is, but like that kind of deal, right? Like this is going to be part, he was part of some elite squad that Hawkeye was part of, you know, some kind of back in the darker assassin days. And so they will have, like you said, been, you know, buddies or something like that. They work together. And then that's, that sets up the possibility for one day getting like, you know, a whole series of Hawkeye's time, because as Rob Key's point, who was, you know, Screen Rants, Rob Key's was with us last week for the Hawkeye debate. And he said, you know, one thing as a Hawkeye diehard, he's still wanting is that the look at what Hawkeye was when he was in that darker time as an, you know, an assassin, you know, as a you know, covert assassin and doing all right. that stuff. And, you know, that brought him to nearly killing Natasha and all that stuff. So, yeah, I, I think they'll set that kind of past up. You know, it's funny because like we, 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 so like, because you brought up Rob and that was like a really good discussion about like why you guys just like love Hawkeye and like, you know, like why there's like a love for him in the MCU. But it's one of those weird things to me that like this episode is probably my favorite episode of like of Clint to this point in the yeah, MCU. And I feel like in three episodes, sure. we've already had 90 times the character development that we've ever had <laughs> in any of the other movies. I mean, and even so the I mention of Black Widow is just like you can feel like there's actual like 
you know, emotion behind it outside yeah. of that, you know, hand, yeah, that's the silly, end game scene. That silly you know ass scene on Endgame now means something. Yeah. Yeah. So, right. like, but like, it's doing, this show is doing that work. So I'm, I'm, but it's well, Matthew, surprising to me. This is one how, of the like, benefits of the Disney Plus platform. Well, you no, know, I don't understand your knowledge of MCU where, characters. Like, the devotion came from before this. If this had been out, I would have understood more. I'm still like the right. Hawkeye guy. Well, you heard but, what like, Rob said. Like, I had forgotten this because, you know, you know, I have to put up some doors in my mind and memory but um yeah we did talk to the russos back in the day like we when we were both over at the other site like we we had a chance to get we were kind of we were smart about being some of the first to figure out you could get to people on these home video releases you know what i mean um and so winter soldier came out on home video and we just got like an hour with the russo brothers and they were, I don't think they were prepared in some ways for like the level of questioning we just had about everything. And this is before we knew they were, I think, that they were going to be taking over the mm. Avengers movies. But they just told us there was a whole backstory about Hawkeye that they did for, you know, the Winter Soldier. And there was a whole thing that they were going to do with him and fleshing out that whole thing about his period in his past. And, you know, that got cut because we ain't got no time for no Hawkeye. Yeah. I don't know. We got time yeah, for that. Not the, he's so, not like, the focal yeah. point. Yeah. So that's just that's the way it was for Renner. But um, it's good to see. And now we're kind of seeing and that's kind of the weird thing we're seeing about this point in phase four is like we're seeing people like Renner and like um, Scarlett and like Elizabeth Olsen and Paul Bettany, who are all, you know, pretty good accomplished character actors mm -hmm. finally getting their payback for having slogged through all these harnesses and green screens and, right. you know, all this stuff. Yeah. Um but I, I sent out a tweet that said this was like the Hurt Locker 2, you know, Hawkeye. <laughs> it's just all I tweeted. <laughs> uh, because I didn't was, see that. That's great. But, you know, funny enough, ironically, because I was seeing this and I was just like, man, it made me remember that where I really discovered Jeremy Renner personally was at New York Comic Con. The first time Catherine Bigelow debuted the first footage from the, the Hurt Locker with him. And, and it was this intense scene of him disarming a bomb and that whole nine. And I was like, man, this guy's going to be a star. And then this was just like the first time, like you said, in all these MCU movies and all these years, this was the first time since the Hurt Locker in the early 2010s that I was just like, Jeremy Renner is like a good actor, man. Like he's, you know, man, that, that scene with the phone. Powerful as hell. Like, that's yeah. a great, that's an amazing scene. And by the way, uh, and Kate Bishop, like, Hayley Steinfeld also like plays a huge part in that scene. Their back and forth is really great. But Renner's just like, I actually cared about him. I cared about Clint, not what was going on around him or whatever. I actually start like it started to kind of chip away at that. And that's what was, was curious to me is like this this show is doing so much work in this area. And that just hasn't been done before. I will say though that they they did the Ronin scene really effectively. But they yeah. also did that, like they also did Maya's or I felt for Maya, like I was I was all I in, was like, teary -eyed. Right, from the beginning. Right. Yeah. So when that happens, I I have never rooted against the hero so hard that I did yeah. when Hawkeye is like when Clint is taking all the people and I was like, Maya beat his ass. I don't I just <laughs> want you to I want you to beat him senseless. This dude killed like the person killed my father, like, son. I was like, I, I've never rooted for someone more. Yeah. And I was not well, what if it wasn't for. him? Like, what if it was somebody else as Ronan? No, I think it was him. Like, uh, I, but I if think they did that. That would cheapen it. To me. Yeah. No, okay. like I think and what I love about what the series is doing with the Ronan stuff, 
is how they and and they in Endgame started this, but like I love how they always depict Ronan as just like I mean straight up shadow like horror movie shadow ninja killer like just in the room everybody's dying like you know and the guy and it reminds you that this was like this dark monstrous side of Hawkeye without his family and all this stuff and yeah and I love how they never it's kind of I wish Batman movies take note because that's a great sequence like you said of her just like running along the building and seeing this guy just like flip around and take everybody out and just yeah great stuff and like brutal within like you know like I felt that stuff but you know not gory and over the top or still like in that kind of PG-13 realm uh I will say we got a we got a a question a couple mentions of Kate look I it's no secret uh I, I love Kate but again I like we got a lot of those two together this episode. Yeah. And I think that was to the benefit of both. I think that just helps, you know, highlight their kind of quirkiness and, and eccentricities. You get to see Kate's compassion compared to Clint's mm-hmm. just kind of hard nosed, whatever. Um, you know, it's, and, and, but Maya like stole the show. Yeah. I was, I was yeah. all, I was very happy. Was for her Echo. episode. She, yeah. Yeah. Alaquia Cox is like this is her acting debut too. Which Man, is crazy. what? Oh yeah, my god! her off the street. Yeah, this is her debut. Wow. So yeah, that, it's it's pretty crazy. And already Echo, I was gonna say oh, you guys already psyched for an Echo series because I am. Oh hell, yes. throw so much in there. Like oh I hope, my gosh, I would love to see Charlie Cox's Daredevil come back through that series and you know get into like all that. Like there's so much they can do with her. And just like she's so cool. I mean, even with the prosthetic leg and the oh, you know the hearing impairment and like how she's turning that stuff into assets and that MMA scene, like it's just it's and crazy. Pro- by the way, even from when she's a child, like that the, mm-hmm. the child actor she was, was great. Yeah. fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she was really like, <laughs> like the scene real. where she's like looking and trying to memorize the sequence of like what he does when they're doing like martial arts is she she's so intent and like the little smirk at the end. Yeah, they, I was impressed <laughs> with all the kids. Like, because the big kid looking at her like, all right, right. I'll thrash this little girl. Like, okay. <laughs> he was great. Yeah, they were good. That was a good scene. Oh, the Pim Arrow was good too. Uh-huh. Yes. Um, yeah, and I was going to say, I, I lost my thought, but I just want to bring it back to this real quick. Um, yeah, Steinfeld and Renner are so good together that they can take what should be hokey stuff and a lot of stuff, and they make it really endearing. Like, I got like a dumb smile and even like a little misty. Like every time they did the thing where they he couldn't hear her, but they were saying they were on the same wavelength, even on the train, like to walk the dog thing, <laughs> that like all like, that. That was great. Yeah, and we and got pizza dog. Like, yeah, and so like yeah, I mean those two are so great together, and that dynamic between them is so great together, and and it's uh, yeah, man, Hawkeye. I think it's shooting up the top of my Disney Plus series pretty quickly. But yeah. I mean, Loki and Sylvie was pretty great too. Loki, so I, it's I mean, right yeah. there with Loki right yeah. now. Like by the end of this, but it has a family heart. And it's getting me in the dad strings. Which yeah, is not no, there's fair. a lot of that. I there's think, only like, like one real path Loki, to my feelings, but and then Hawkeye. Well, I think it depends. I think it depends who you are. You know, like, yeah. I think right. I think they all depend. I, I I know why. Like you know, my wife and stuff, and a lot of other women in particular really loved Wandavision and, and yeah. just like a lot of the deeper stuff of that. Um, uh, but uh, yeah, this is this has been Hawkeye has been uh, 
surprisingly entertaining. And that car chase sequence was amazing. Oh, it was great. And much more extensive than we thought it was going oh, to be. Sure. The Pam yeah. Arrow, stupid comic book stuff like it's that. So like, come uh, on. It's so good. So good. I was like, this is the most impractical thing ever, but it's so awesome. It works. That's what it's, I was like awesome. flipping through the comic, oh, trying man. to find these moments because there's, there are a lot of comic book moments and that's just yeah. really awesome for fans. Wow. Yeah. Somebody already do already in the comments says Hawkeye's trash. Yeah, no. By the way, what? they should, they should pay. Uh, the creative team <laughs> from that uh, from that Hawkeye series because there is a lot drawn yeah. from that into live action. So you know, you know, g- give them their dues both financially <laughs> and props. Uh, but I think we gotta we gotta bounce. Yeah, right? we're gonna bounce. This that is our uh, wrap up of Hawkeye. Oh, you're doing your reading. That's great. So we're gonna wrap up Hawkeye talk for uh, right now. We all, I mean. Janelle, you better you better keep us up on who if can. Yeah, I will. Real, I mean, I don't know. We'll yeah. see. Yeah. Plunger I'll arrow. Try, though. Plunger arrow it. MVP. They actually made the plunger arrow cool and stuff. So <laughs> we got to take a break because when we get back, we have uh, WWE's Raquel Gonzalez with us, and we are going to talk about NXT War Games. War Games. That is coming up. Be sure to stay tuned. Comic Book Nation. We'll be right back. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Welcome back to Comic Book Nation. If you guys follow the show regularly, you know that we are big wrestling fans. Matt Aguilar, my co-host, is one of our comicbook.com wrestling experts. And today he has a special guest for all you wrestling fans out there. Matt. Woo woo. Okay, so I am very excited. Uh, NXT War Games is this Sunday. So who better to talk about it than one of the people at War Games and NXT's Big Mommy Cool Raquel Gonzalez, welcome to the show. Woo! Hi, thank you guys for having me. Of Dragons. Course. I was gonna say, is that a throne? <laughs> yes. Us? This is my throne today. Oh my god! All the power that I have going into war games right now. <laughs> I'm that sitting in a awesome. stained lounge chair. I am really doing this for a <laughs> really yeah, yeah, I was gonna say, yeah, it's making it's making my uh, my background look a little suspect here. <laughs> um, it's making well, that's me awesome. look like you know, like. Like, uh, I'm the leader of some gang that's going to come in and kick some ass ten in the rings. So I feel You're like the leader of the Ten Rings. Let's go. Right. I was going to say, it does kind of fit into our Marvel Hawkeye discussion we just had. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, okay. So, War Games, uh, you know, there's a lot to talk about. War Games is one of, I feel like, just the NXT universes in general, but also one of my favorite events of the NXT calendar. And and this year, there is a bit of the, uh, you know, rivalry kind of played up between the 2.0 
stars and the, you know, I guess the best term would be like the black and gold era stars, which, you know, you are very much a part of. Do you feel that there's a rivalry between those two in NXT right now? I do. I feel like the NXT 2.0 stars, as much as I love change and as much as I love fresh blood in the ring, I do feel like the NXT 2.0 superstars are a little overconfident. I don't think that they realize who exactly they're stepping into the ring with. Um, and I just have to say that I'm definitely backing up my boys um, from the NXT Golden Black brand because I feel like they're really going to teach them a lesson, a lesson that I think needs to be learned. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like WWE really went into on those those images with the half and half. Those are those are way, way to go. PR. <laughs> <laughs> they knocked that apart. Well, that's funny because the next question that I was going to ask is, have you enjoyed being able to work with some of the newer talent in the NXT's women division? And is there someone that sticks out among them to you, like that people are sleeping on, like the audience doesn't know they should really like give props to? Yeah. I mean, I love working with the new talent. I think it's great to have fresh faces. I think it's great to have new challenges, if you will, because everybody comes in with their own, superpower, if you will. They all come in with either they have a jujitsu background or a strength background or a hardcore background. Um, I'm really excited about my teammate, Cora Jade, because I feel like in the past few weeks, she has really stepped up as a newbie and as a newcomer, but she's done it in the right way, in a way that like she's been seen as this underdog or, you know, she's been seen as this younger more shy kind of a girl, but she has a lot of aggression in her. She has a lot of passion in her. And I think she has a lot of fight in her too. And I think everyone's really going to see that this weekend at war games on the 5th. Oh my gosh. I love an underdog. Like that's my favorite type of story. So honestly, and with her working with you, like that's such a great team up. Yeah. And you know, I feel like last year for war games, it was my first war games. Um, Candice LeRae kind of did the same thing with me where she took me under her wing. Yeah. She was the captain of our team. She, it was my first one. Dakota Kai had already been in one. Um, so it was, it was exciting, you know, to have Tony storm there as well with full experience. Right. So I kind of felt like the underdog in a sense. Um, and to come out victorious at the end for my team, I felt like I really stepped it up for them. So I'm really looking forward to see that from Cora. And I feel like she does have that in her. Um, and I'm glad because she has a great team. She has a team of ex-champions, uh, NXT UK longest reigning champion, KLR, NXT champion, Io Shirai, the genius of the sky. And you never know what to expect from her. Is she going to throw herself in a trash can again from the top of the <laughs> one of my favorite moments ever. Exactly. So you know, like Cora has a good team around her, a good support system, um, and I think she really does add to our team as well. Um, so I'm just excited because there's so many possibilities for this weekend. <laughs> we spoke about the talent. Is there anything in the larger sense that is your like favorite thing about NXT 2.0 right now? In the larger sense, like you mean, like, like of the overall show. I love the new colors and the new atmosphere that we have going on right now. I feel like it's very bright. It's very welcoming. It's very open. And what we really want right now is to get more interaction from the fans, from our people, especially people who are watching every week. And I think a lot of people as well don't know that they can come to the shows every week if they are in Orlando, if they're vacationing, if they live here. You can actually come watch us live every week for free here at the CWC and kind of what? Yeah, yourself. Yeah, definitely. You go I'm to coming w to Orlando w for Christmas. I might see you. Yeah, you should come. So, like, all you have to do is go to www.com backslash NXT live. And it's literally like a short little, like, name, email. 
and they just shoot you an email back and then you can come wow. enjoy five live as well as the new nxt 2.0 as a follow-up to the same question do you have anything on your wish list or you or any other talent put your heads together and say there's something we see for like envisioning for the future of the show that you want to kind of um put together I would love to see. I feel like we haven't had one in a while, but a good battle royal, especially with the, with the females and especially with the new NXT 2.0 and all the new faces and the new talent and the new blood that's coming in and out every week. I feel like a good battle royal would really just like showcase not just the old school, but the new school and like a mix of the both, which I actually feel we're going to see this weekend, too, with the men's war games matches because it's NXT 2.0 versus NXT black and gold. Um, so it's, it's going to be a good clash of like the old school and the new school. I'm really excited. I, well, so, okay, so I froze it. and yeah, I froze in the that. best, absolute best position that like needs. To, <laughs> You're <laughs> the happiest little part. bean. Someone took a screenshot <laughs> out of this, by the way. This is amazing. Okay. So I'm just going to talk like this. I feel like I'm a Conan O'Brien. All right. So, uh, <laughs> so Dakota cost you, uh, your NXT women's champion. So, so kind of two questions on that one. You were still owed a rematch, correct? So, like, might we see that soon? Oh, I hope so, because I definitely want my title back. I hope Mandy's not too scared after war games and after I whoop that ass to step back into the ring with me. Right. So, okay. So that's so that's number one. We need to mark that on the calendars. Number two <laughs> is is it important? Yeah. This is the best, by the way. I'm asking like like legit questions that I have like the most ridiculous expression on my face. I feel like I'm in a sketch. Uh, so uh, number two, is it important for you to regain that title before you possibly head to one of the other brands, say Raw or SmackDown? You know, you brought up Tony Storm. We've seen Shotzi kind of go as well. So is that something you're thinking about of maybe a possible departure to one of those? Honestly, uh Going to Raw and SmackDown is always on my mind, but I also try to focus on what's in front of me right now. And what's in front of me right now is I'm at NXT 2.0 and I'm here to solidify and to remind everyone who Big Mommy Cool is and what I do. And that's kind of where my focus is at the moment. When the opportunities do arise, then yes, I would definitely focus on Raw or SmackDown or what the next step is. But to have a rematch with Mandy is definitely on my list to get revenge on Dakota definitely at the top of the list um and you know i i still there's still a lot of talent that i feel like i want to work with and and step into the ring with so i'm excited for whatever's next for me and i'm I'm taking it day by day and just making sure that whatever it is i'm going out there and i'm giving it 120 percent well fantastic and you know there are uh, a couple of you know enticing things if if that were to happen you know if uh you were to go to raw we, we might get an r and r reunion which uh, would not be bad. That would not be yeah. bad. Just throw that out there. That that it might happen. Uh, yeah. And Rhea seemed very up for it when we last talked to her. Is that yeah, something actually, you'd be down for? Oh, I, I would totally be up for it. I, I love Rhea Ripley. I feel like she, her and I, what we do since day one when we've met here at the Performance Center is we make each other better. We push each other. And I think that's that's a relationship that you keep near and dear to you because they support you no matter what, no matter where you are, no matter what you're doing. That person is your person in the world that you're in. And it's so hard to find those kinds of people these days that are always positive and always there for you and have your back and can help you take your mind off of things or push you to the next limit. Like when you're trying to be at the gym or go to the gym every day. And sometimes that motivation is just so hard to find having someone like her in my life has always been a 
a blessing and a great motivation for me. And we actually got to work a little bit together at the WrestleMania pre-sale party at the AT&T Stadium in Dallas. And just having her and having that moment and being able to celebrate that with her, it was it took me back to the coconut shells when we first started together. And so it was, <laughs> it was really nice to to celebrate like that together. It was probably one of the best moments I've had this year. Well, okay, so I know we get we got to get you out of here um, soon, but uh, now I want to make sure I say it correctly. Is it elite photos? Is it because yes. you have okay? So I had it right. So you have teamed with them before, uh, mm-hmm. and you actually did an awesome She-Hulk uh, photo shoot. And so I know this. I have a idea to to propose as maybe your next project in that area. So Rich, if we can bring up that image that I have. So I know it's not green skin. But it is this blue is skin. It is blue skin. So this is Lori L, who is the like half sister of Carol Danvers, aka Captain Marvel. She oh is like a cosmic being. She's a badass. She has a freaking hammer. <laughs> and she has blue blue skin and cool powers. So I don't know. I'm just throwing that out into the universe and like just just putting it out there. That's all. I just, just I love to- that. Yes, I definitely I love that. I've been seeing I've been getting tagged in a lot of like different posts on on new cosplays and stuff like that. I would definitely love to try this because Thor is one of my favorite superheroes, too. So if I get to hold a hammer, let's do it. Right. You can't hold a hammer. That's I want you to do. I want you to do black cat. I feel like that was black. Yeah, black. And I've also gotten red claw from Batman. Nice. Oh man, boy, wow. that's, a, that's a deeper cut there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah for real. Well, props to the props to wow. that. That's a deep cut. I know. I was like, wow, that could be cool too. I'm all for it. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna have to talk to Elite. Yes. All right. Well, our job is done. I feel like we have Dude. we have so good seed. Our job is done. Um, our job so, plus your usual agenda. <laughs> <laughs> you can see Raquel in action and all of the NXT stars at NXT War Games, which will be streaming live on Peacock this Sunday at 8 p.m. Eastern time. Raquel, thank you so much for joining the show. Thank, thank you, guys. Raquel. It's a pleasure. I appreciate it. Kick some ass. Oh, I, <laughs> I will. Don't worry. <laughs> That's awesome. She's she's amazing. I mean, how is it like uh, it is? She just casually said all that in a boss throne. Like who? I mean, yeah. Like uh, I saw the comment in the. I meant to shout it out. Lounge chair. I, don't I meant to shout it out anywhere. when when I went in through uh, my whole camera fiasco. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I meant to shout out, but there was a great comment where it was like, oh, "Here it is. Uh, if there was a throne, there has to be a queen." Yeah. Amen. Yo, somebody, yeah, somebody needs to put that as their log line. I mean, I'd say since it was for Raquel, we should just like push that her way because that is a great tagline. If there's a throne, there has to be a queen. And I don't did it. Was that on Game of Thrones? I, I have to dip back and see. But uh, they didn't say the Game of Thrones. And even if they did, <laughs> there, need, there needs to be a wrestler who adopts that ASAP. So, Kofi, uh, I just noticed that poster behind you. Oh, the that? Joker? That's amazing. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. My son doesn't let me put it up anymore. He says it frightens him. So I have to. Uh, put if, it kudos if, to if you need someone um, to hang kudos, it on their yeah. wall. <laughs> I got you. That yeah. creeps me out just by looking at it in the corner because every so I often love it. my eye drifts and I catch his face staring at me. And well, that's what happened to me. I was walking the last time we were at NYC at uh, New York Comic Con. I was just walking and it seemed to be talking to me and I was like, ooh, box that up. Send it I love home. it. Uh, yeah, so that's my Alex Ross Joker origin. origin yeah, it is poster. gorgeous. That is it awesome. Is awesome. Alex Ross, man. 
Gotta love it. But uh, I'm trying to put some more comic booky stuff here. See, this is why I don't do this. Because as soon as I do, Matt's like, you're a creep. <laughs> Girl, did I say you were a creep? I said he I heard you backhand. I heard you okay, backhand. Me, my okay, son. so back when we were actually in the office and back when Kofi used to sit next to me, I'm pretty sure he moved away from me because he got tired of me like singing all the time. <laughs> <laughs> but when he used to sit behind me, he used to, when Joker came out, he replayed the trailer numerous <laughs> times throughout the he remembers this because he's laughing <laughs> he replayed the the joker trailer because it creeped me out numerous times all throughout the day and he would turn around and he'd sit and he'd like wait outfit yeah for me to like turn and then he'd he'd smile with like i would turn around like yeah this is amazing <laughs> this is what he did to me so it's the it has been established i'm just throwing that out there yeah he's again yeah, it's yes. fine. Son of a gun. What is Brandon that? used to do the same thing to me with Walking Dead stuff because he knew I was super squeamish and he'd just like freeze it on me like blood and guts freaked me out. <laughs> you guys are hilarious, man. All right. So, um, yeah, before we move on, we're going to do comics, but uh, I, this is not good. I forgot this last week. I almost forgot it this week. I did go see Resident Evil. Welcome to Resident Oh my gosh, yes. Okay. I'm so curious about this. Okay, so I, I, I think I think the first thing I got to say is I don't think it's a good endorsement to say that I literally forgot. I went out last That's Thursday true. night and forgot to tell any of you wow. on Friday morning that I had seen this movie. So that's not a glowing endorsement, okay? The fact that I just like completely forgot to talk about it on the podcast. But uh, to be honest, oh. I forgot I, I saw it. And that's not a glowing endorsement. Now, I will say. I have to do the look up to see exactly what the production timeline on this, but a lot of it felt very COVID-y timeline oh. and just the way it was made. Wow. Um, okay. Yeah. Like people standing apart and like, well, yeah, that's the whole thing. Like there's a lot of the movie that is very much kind of just, uh, it, it's in the town. I'm trying to, no, it was I mean, done uh, in... <laughs> I'm just trying to see when it started production. It started, oh, early 2020. Yeah, so it was during COVID. Yeah. So that this was made, yeah. So it was filmed in October. Yeah, so you could tell that they had to make this during COVID. And it is going to be one of those... And it is becoming a thing that there's going to be this whole block of entertainment if we really want to get deep with both TV and movies because my wife said something about a TV show we were watching that you can just tell during the COVID era how weird it is because of the blocking where everybody wow. has to be like across rooms from each yeah. other and oh, you can only man. have like split segments. Was of, like, that Why people. the Last Man? Because that Yeah, felt, Why the Last Man, yeah. Walking Dead. Walking um, Dead for sure. Yeah, Fear the Walking. I mean, there's a lot. You can tell every production right now yeah. is just like this. And yeah. Welcome to Raccoon City is like the height of that. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like it started in October 2020 when we we're getting those new waves and you know so it's them going in the town and then having to be like separated by a gate and then they're in the police wow. station and they go oh into the gosh. mansion but only two of them are together while two of them are over here and like it's a very much split up like that which can work in a horror movie and this is very much we had the director uh Johannes on and it is very much a horror movie it is this is not an action horror movie so much as it is a horror movie um about how the plague first breaks out of Umbrella and instead of like the old film series taking us into the facility and that whole thing, like this is just out in the town where people slowly don't realize a zombie apocalypse is unfolding around them. You know, how is 
my girl Jill. Mm. Okay, so let's get to that. The cast, oh, I no. can say, <laughs> the cast of this is is pretty good. Uh, I don't think they know who Claire Redfield is in this movie so much. Pacaya Scadelario uh, is always pretty good. Um, Robbie Amell's greatest. Yes, you know, Chris good. Redfield. Okay, Tom Hooper from uh, Umbrella Academy is great as you know this early version of Wesker. Uh, but really, Hannah jo- John Common is the scene stealer as Jill Valentine. Oh, thank the Lord. Um, and she's very much her own version of Jill Valentine, oh. but she gets okay. the ba- like the badass, crazy Jill Valentine thing down. And she was Ghost in Ant-Man and the Wasp, if you don't know who I'm talking about. Uh, so I uh, loved her, by yeah, the way, so, in that role. And so she's Jill Valentine, and she is like a scene stealer in this. But there's not a lot of scene to steal because... Again, it's just like her and one other person usually like running around the screen. Which um, is like tr- pretty true, right? To the yeah. original games. It is. Because there was always like one split split up, and, yeah. and a side character typically or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Uh, um, yeah. But a lot of it is just, I think if anything, Welcome to Raccoon City just commits the sin of being forgettable. Like, you're going to catch it on cable one late night and just be like, oh, that was a movie. I saw that. Like I said, I I saw it and it wasn't so bad that I was like it was incoherent and it wasn't good enough for me to be like, oh, man, that was an experience. It it just happened and it was over. And I literally forgot to tell you guys the next day that I'd seen it. So I'm trying to make Um, a decision whether to see that because I haven't had a chance to actually see it in see the movie. Go matinee. I can or see Afterlife because I'm more. You're going to be more pleased with Afterlife. I know you. Hmm. And so. the twenty nine percent hurts my soul. As I'm on <laughs> right now, the critic score. <laughs> no, it, it, it's very forgettable. It's just oh. very forgettable and very kind of the action, quote unquote, is very murky. Because again, like you can tell, like it's just they had to do yeah. what they could do with like a, a lot and as few people as they you know needed to work with as possible. But liquor, so like yeah, and it, it, there's like a whole no that that is the worst. Oh no! If you thought it was somehow this gets the liquors worse than the original does. Oh, um, oh no! Oh, your boy Donald Logue shows up for like a weird role in this too, so that's also really. Oh sh- wait, is really he strange. Barry? Uh, no, he's Brian Irons, the uh, chief of police. <laughs> no, he's a, he's a very much a nobody's going to care character. Like, yeah. Oh, that's a shame. But um, this does set up the the actual lore of the games that you know that you want to see. Also, this version of Leon is really weird. Uh, yeah, so that's that. Um, and I don't know if the guy they cast as Leon is somebody I would ever buy as Leon. So, But anyway, I'm beginning to mumble. That's it. It's a very incredible <laughs> I think Yeah, they set it up for, you know, the to be because this is just the beginnings, right? So, like, they yeah. set it up to be real Resident Evil after this. And there's a franchise to be had there and some of these actors could come back because like, yeah, you know, Hannah John Common is cool as Jill Valentine. So, that you means know. I need revelations. Oh, yeah. Please, look. Revelations. But, uh, <laughs> sorry for that detour. We were not supposed to stop here. Let's keep it no, moving. Because we got to get we gotta get time. Um, let's go to comics. Matt. Yeah, just a couple of news things uh, to tackle here. We were talking. We've been talking a lot about Dark Horse lately. We talked about them getting some uh, very valuable uh, IP back when they got to dip into the Star Wars universe. And that's why it's kind of surprising but maybe not if you kind of look at it overall that there is a report that they are looking to weigh options that include a sale. So mm-hmm. it's kind of like people got like really excited because like, Hey, <laughs> they're getting star Wars and they're going to get into some stuff. And now it looks like, well, maybe there's two, 
kind of trains of thought on that. Either something happened, you know, kind of as that deal was being finalized and stuff, uh, or that they were looking to up their stock a bit for a potential buyer by getting something like that. Because having that kind of IP licensing agreement in the books would be very lucrative to a potential buyer. And they, and they do you have know, other ones too. I saw this in the notes and I had to put in a call to Jim Viscardi this morning. Um, I do know some things about this. I can't say them all. That's right. You know, information good. falls my way. Sometimes I, I do have some connections in this industry and I knew yes. some, I know some things. Dark Horse is making moves and they've been doing so for a bit of time. Moves. And they're trying to find ways because they have become the middle child of of the 90s, 2000s transition. Um, they were smart in the 90s when they bought all these licensing agreements that led them that let them take franchises, movie franchises that were stalled, like Fran, like Terminator, Robocop, Aliens, Predator, all that stuff. Star Wars and and make their own comic series and stuff that really became the fo- fan focus, right? But then when those properties, you know, you got into the later 2000s and then, you know, franchise properties became the thing, everybody started snatching their stuff back and now like who is Dark Horse and what are they is a big question. So, how they sell this and what they do is a complicated puzzle game. And potential buyers are I can say for a fact and I won't mention any names, but potential buyers are having troubles figuring out what to do with this, you know? So that's what's happening. But let's talk about some other comic stuff. I want to talk about this Avengers 50 thing. Cause I promised people on a tweet that we would. Um, well, you did. Okay. So here's the thing. Ironically, Janelle came in for the win and like <laughs> got, got like the venom two over the hump. I'm then, so glad I did. I loved this book. And then so many things happened in Avengers 50 that we ended up having to talk about it anyway, but we're oh not going to go into like a deep, Whoops. deep, deep discussion no. on it. This is just very brief. So. No, content dictated. Um, Shout okay. out to the Wheelerverse. Thanks yeah, for the reference. No, first of all, Avengers 50 ain't a comic book. It's a small novella. It's yeah. 84 <laughs> pages. That is a novella. I wasn't kidding. I even put it in the chat. I was like, guys, if this wins, it's very long. <laughs> yes. It, it's and so, then I was on a mission. It is so crazy long. And towards the end, it, it, it fades in some parts. But here, there are a lot of big things that happen. They basically take all the strings they've been pulling for this Jason Aaron run here with the Mephisto war coming. And they just throw so much at you. That is so crazy, but very exciting in a lot of ways, right? Like, it, there's a lot, man. It the the format gets in its way. Yeah, and and I don't know how. I mean, honestly, I mean, you know, they just didn't even try to hide it. It's like here's issues. everything. Here's the wall, Ugh. and it's like split into like epilogues, prologues, and then there's stuff that's going on kind of concurrently with the right? yeah. and it bounces all around. The thing is, like Kofi said, there's really interesting stuff. Like, and we'll get into spoilers because it's been a couple days, yeah. right? So, like the new Herald. How we get there, long as hell, and probably didn't need to be that long. The the result, I don't know. It's kind of interesting having Kazar <laughs> be Galactus the Herald, Herald yeah, of and Galactus. Galactus. That's yeah. and how he how he gets to that position is also kind of interesting as well. Um, the Howard Stark reveal, right? We people have been seeing those seeds planted for a long time, but we finally get like the origin story of why this Howard yeah. and Iron Man. Deal. If you don't know, Iron Man's daddy is back from the dead. He made a deal with the devil. And he's got a crazy suit of both technological and cosmic powered armor as the Iron Inquisitor. 
but they they did side some stuff because people were rioting about this, and then they side stepped themselves out of the back out of the hot seat in this issue because it's yeah. Howard Stark asterisk, right? Yeah, right. It's but still, uh, he just screwed up. Yeah, oh, that scene with Tony is dark. Jeez. Yeah, and when you're talking about when you're when you're talking about the like the parent energy, right? Yeah. From like, boy, that hit me like a ton of. Oh myself. yeah, me too. I'm like a young son who's like really. We're, my son's becoming like he's beginning to show signs of being like you know high intellect. He's really like speaking and understanding things. I was like, this was like not good for me. I was like, oh yeah. man. That was right. Yeah, so if you don't know what we're saying, spoilers, like that version, that universe is Howard Stark. The deal, every time you make a deal with Mephisto, you got to kill your family, basically. Yeah. Uh, that's the Pretty price. Much. And Pretty so much. when when Tony Stark discovers Repulsor boot jets, Howard Stark's like, yeah, that's nice, and blows him away. So he yeah. kills his son. You either um, have to lose your family or you have to lose your marriage. It's one of yeah. the two deals with Mephisto. Um, and then we get the the bringing together the masters of evil and yeah, the best masters of evil is cool. Like this weird multiverse yeah. kind of hodgepodge of people. And like, that's, that's really cool. And also it ends in a really interesting place with like them being at like Avengers HQ and like being right outside. My, my favorite moment though, of the whole book is a Robbie Reyes moment. It's a ghost. It's a ghostwriter moment. Uh, it's the one scene where it's, it's the last will and Testament. I think of Robbie Reyes is like what that, part is called uh but it's him literally just having a two-page conversation with the avengers about his brother and for people who follow that character know how important his brother is and that is his family and and so it's been this kind of long running thing in the book um how he's kind of balancing essentially parenthood with his brother and being this supernatural force and an avenger and things like that so this was like a really heartfelt scene Again, like I just, I just love that. But there was a lot in here, and there was a lot. Good. This was also the end of World War She Hulk, by the way. Uh, randomly, they just like, yeah, so, that random. in <laughs> so randomly <laughs> threw it in there, <laughs> and I'm like, you've had four issues, I think, of that storyline, and it seems odd to throw the big finale just in the middle here between this is what we're doing. <laughs> we got 84 pages. We doing it all, baby. It's very odd. But uh, yeah. yeah, so that, this is like a comic though, by the way, Bun yeah. 2020. This is a comic. It's just a supersized one. And it look, it's the 50th. It's legacy number 750. So yeah. it is a big one. 750 uh, issues of Avengers is a lot. Yeah. So that's, so, and also, yes, uh, as someone mentioned, we are getting uh, new Avengers, right? Because they're going to recruit Echo who's been in the book as kind of this, you know, big, powerful force because she has the Phoenix force. And if you're reading her book, which is actually also very interesting, uh, her solo series is kind of explaining like a bunch of her history and her lineage. So you can see that over there, but it looks like they're going to bring her in more full time here. Uh, And then star brand. And for those reading, been with the book for a long time, the star brand baby is a little more grown up. Now he's essentially a super powered toddler. Look, whatever you think, it does make for some very funny moments. And so there's a whole scene, like way a couple of issues back, where like Tony Stark doesn't want to hold him, and but he has to. And so like there's there's a lot of that kind of humor uh, when he's around. So we'll we'll see if that goes around. So that okay, so that's Avengers. There was a lot to process, but we don't have to go. All right, let's go to Venom because that's the only other one on this list I got to reading because. Well, I, I have to go with order because I can't throw Rich. <laughs> oh, okay. uh, I promised him I would go okay. with order. Okay. okay. Uh, so, I'll go back in for uh, Venom. You guys talk about the next two. Oh, wait. Uh, I don't actually think I got him images this week. 
So never mind. We can't go to Venom. So there you go. Your lack of preparedness amuses. That was my fault. I didn't get him images. All right, yeah, let's take Venom two then. Yeah, Venom two. So the poll, uh, the poll winner. Thank you, everybody. Uh, Venom two picks up uh, where the last one left off, which, uh, if you don't remember, Eddie supposedly, you know, kind of. To died Dylan. again. He died, right? He, <laughs> he exploded. But of course, we know there's more to that and stuff from Eddie's side. But Dylan doesn't know that. So Dylan feels like he's already dead, and we kind of see him bond with the symbiote um, and the carnage there. This, though, is kind of, you know, Eddie left him some instructions. And so we kind of see just like Dylan going through kind of Eddie's past contacts and like some of that. So there's a lot of like subterfuge here, a lot of kind of almost an espionage feel. Uh, and then you get a little action. And I just love the little family that has developed here of Dylan, <laughs> his, his symbiote, and uh, and I'm blanking on his name right now. Uh, oh, yeah, I keep wanting to say Toxin, but it's not Toxin. Yeah, but um, like the so his his symbiote that also kind of typically takes the form of a pet. Uh, <laughs> so we, we get to see that here. But we see all three of them kind of working their way through this world and kind of helping each other and, and back and forth talking about that. That stuff is just so interesting. And there was a lot of that here. So, you know, I was I was all for it. What you guys think? It's been a long time since, you know, I've been as interested in like the Venom, the actual Venom symbiote in its relationship with its host. Mm -hmm. And they're doing a good job with that. Like Dylan, because it is now Dylan and like seeing Dylan trying to bond not only with just a symbiote, but like his father symbiote is is really kind of an interesting thing and their interactions, they're nailing the interactions. And in a weird way, I think that Venom movie helped them, but uh, they're doing a good job with it. I, I do agree. I Granted, you could say, I mean, you know, Diane Cates' run kind of leaned into that some. Oh but, yeah, no, Don, Kate's no, never going to ever take away anything right. from Donnie Cates. Like, but, I, yeah. but I think it was also too very like, as opposed to like Hawkeye where like, you can see that it's like getting a lot of its base from that series. I think in, in that case, it was probably simultaneous. Like it was probably just both benefiting each other because they were kind of in the same vein. So I don't, it's, I don't even think, I think you're right. I don't think one kind of gets full credit for that. I think they actually both help each other because they're kind of leaning into that. Janelle, what'd you think? Oh gosh, I'm all about this. I've really enjoyed, I mean, King and black was my really, it was like my first introduction to this venom stuff in comic books. Um, I, it's really weird. Cause I played with the toys as a uh, kid. One second to pause. His name is sleeper. Dylan's Thank pet you. cat. Oh, his name is sleeper. I love sleeper. I love, I love the cat. I, I just think it's really interesting. I don't feel lost. I feel like I know what's going on. I understand the concepts. And, uh, and yeah, it's just a, obviously like, it's not the first book, so it's, it's not going to be the like best, but it's, it is a really solid next phase. Like I'm, I'm okay with it. Like it wasn't boring. Like right. a lot of these, the middle issues, like going for, they kind of suck. And this one really engaged me. Like I was very into it. Actually, I was into every single comic this week. It was a, okay. To be fair, it was a heavy week. Yeah. yeah. No, there's was, a lot. It, I'm going to be slogging through it for a while. But yeah, um, there's a lot to get here. Um, just to pick up a thought, I want to say about Venom, because when we talked about issue one, I said I wasn't sold on the Eddie kind of cosmic stuff that I'm never sold when symbiotes go to space. <laughs> I just want to say and follow that up with I like how King and Black reset the status quo on Earth. Mm -hmm. I I hope they lean more into this story about 
because the most interesting parts to me are like the senator and like all that yeah. stuff. Happening oh yeah, that's right. Life Foundation's back. Life too. Foundation's back and Carlton Drake. And what I like about that is how the world now knows that symbiotes are like this invading threat and that there are like sleeper agents all across, you know, possible world or people bonded with symbiotes and all this stuff. I hope they lean into that idea that there are symbiotes outside of Eddie's hive that our people are now using or making or now have, you know, we don't know who's a symbiote and who's not in like all this kind of stuff they can play with because that kind of stuff is, seems a lot more fun and interesting than me. Yeah, for sure. No, that's a good, that's a very good point. Um, so yeah, so let's move to another Marvel then. Uh, the Death of Doctor Strange, Spider-Man number one. This is very much a this is very much a tie-in issue. So this is not required reading if you are keeping up with Death of Doctor Strange. Um, if you are keeping, we've talked about Amazing Spider-Man. I've kept up with it um, some just on my own because like I actually I've been I've been enjoying uh, that run since it kind of restarted. Um, so we very much this is a Ben O'Reilly Black Cat issue. Uh, you can also tell this is Jed McKay. Because Jed McKay worked in Black Hat. <laughs> he worked in Moon Knight. Moon Knight makes an appearance. Oh, I loved book. that. That <laughs> was much. like my favorite part of the whole thing. <laughs> it's so I good. loved seeing Moon Knight. It's so good. And that sequence is great. I, I took care of him. <laughs> so like, awesome. no, 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 no! I'm not playing that. I don't wait for you to do this. Like, this is my turf. <laughs> yeah, and he's all bloody and everything. Um, also, Ben McKay writes Black Hat so well. Um, yeah, I just, I just love his Black Hat. So this is essentially like Peter's still in the hospital. Like that stuff's still going on. Um, and then when Doctor Strange dies, Peter, Peter gets a message that like. Dr. Strange had set up in case he died and stuff, but like he's obviously out of commission. So like Black Cat and Ben Riley are around and they hear the message. So what follows is like, this just, again, another, I think what this issue does do is it's a great example of like all the things that we have seen that Dr. Strange just did. He just took control of and no one ever appreciated it or knew about it. And he saved the world like 90 times a day. And no one, like he just kept all these things at bay, like albino, uh, gators from the underworld and like people doing crazy things in the park, like all this stuff. And even like to the little things of like giving someone a pretzel when like she had a bad day and all that, yeah. like there's so many great things. I think this is actually a great perspective on Dr. Strange. And also I am all for Ben Riley getting checked and, and Felicia does such a great job of checking him throughout this whole thing. And like, I still, I cannot, take him like Riley's current stance, even though I understand where it comes from, I still can't take it. So it's nice to have that juxtaposition for me. Um, so I enjoyed this issue, but what'd you guys think? Oh my gosh, the Dr. Strange, you nailed it. Like it just made me love Strange even more and have so much respect for him. And my heart kind of broke, like when they described that he's the village doctor and he never ever got the credit. And it, I, you know, I love Strange, so I'm a sucker for it. And I hope that it helps other people really appreciate Strange in a new way that kind of maybe overlook him in general, just like in the comics or in the MCU. I, I do get a lot of pushback on, you know, me saying that Strange like should be the new leader of the Avengers and he should be the new Tony Stark and he should like he should have this huge role and he's amazing and he's so powerful like people sometimes kind of I would say not comic book readers but I, I, I do sometimes get people going like, why do you like Strange so much? And so um, it's just really cool to see it from a different perspective. And that alone made me love the book. Oh, Kofi's got a question. Kofi, please. Same, same question. Jared Leto's Joker. 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, I love them both. <laughs> <laughs> I love them both, except I like Strange better than Jared Leto's Joker. Oh yes, I do. the truth I do. comes out. I mean, Jared Leto's Joker didn't give. I didn't get enough content to be able to like really say he's the best. I never say he's the best. I say he's my favorite, which is different than the best. Oh, absolutely, that is. Yeah. yeah. No. But anyways, I just I super loved the book. Uh I love all of this strange death stuff. Um I'm really curious to see where it's going to go. I love Black Cat. Like she's becoming one of my favorites. I can I never yeah, saw that coming, but I love Black Cat and uh, uh, yeah, and I'm just getting to know this dynamic between this new Spider-Man and kind of his role without having a lot of context myself personally, I yeah. feel like it, it defines it a lot. It makes his role clear in this book. I'm starting to understand where he's coming from and why he is who he is, what he is, where he came from. And that's good because I was kind of clueless at first. No, for sure. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So let's move to uh wonder girl, uh, get some DC in here. Wonder girl, number five, a lot of wonder woman stuff going on. Uh, this week and uh, this issue kind of you know one of the things we talked about in previous issues or at least I have harped on a little bit is like Wonder Girl is one of my favorite books every month when Yara is like the star so like when it has a lot of Yara in it and not like split up into like a bunch of other people and then like a little of Yara I'm very happy and it's like it's one of my favorite books thankfully this issue is like kind of brings that into focus of like there's a lot of Yara in this book it's just her being her, her like being sarcastic and battling some stuff. And oh my God, don't ever punch Jerry. Jerry rules. Uh, so like there's just a lot of fun here. And you you still get like the storyline stuff with like her and the gods and like her spurning them and like some of the other tribes, the tribe stuff like Nubia. The stuff that's going on in the background here is actually really interesting. Like there's a, actually a lot of additions to the Amazon lore here and like we're discovering that there's a whole other tribe and there's a whole other society kind of here and how they interact with the other islands right so there's a lot of interesting stuff there so when they do go away from yara it works and then when she's in the forefront it works so like i like those books this was kind of that for me i wouldn't say it's my favorite issue of the series but i i really dug it what you guys think I think I read 84 pages of Avengers this week. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even do it, Kofi. I didn't even do it. Ooh. Uh, do you want me to... I, I yeah, feel yeah. like I'm missing something. I, I think I might have missed the previous book because... Or issue because I'm... I felt a little lost. I just... Mm, the last time I saw her, she was going into the water pool, I guess. And then... And then I, I don't know. I just kind of picked. I I got it. I understood what was happening, but yeah. it just felt like we're smack dab in the middle of this like moment with the gods and the drinking of the goblet and all of this. And I didn't really know where gotcha. it came from. So that might be on me. I think I might have missed it. No, I think we skipped it. I think I actually okay. I'm remembering right. I think we did. I mean, and it's so, also up to yeah, me no, we to like, find these books. Yeah, we though. skipped it. Yeah, um, it's not. But regardless, even missing that. I still uh, was just so impressed with the beautiful art. I yeah. love the concept. I think it's pretty cool. And uh, even if you did miss that book or that issue, like, you can still read this and kind of get 
the idea was going on. Something really tragic happens that is extremely upsetting. And I am still reeling from that. So that's kind of like the, the biggest thing I can think of. I don't want to spoil it because this is like, this is a big moment that is kind of messing with me. Cause that, I just felt very unnecessary to do that. <laughs> Cause yeah. like, I need more of that. Yeah. I know what you're referring to. Yes. Thing. I under, understand completely. Um, all right. So like I know we gotta, <laughs> I know we gotta move pretty quickly through these, Sorry. <laughs> uh, but no, no, you're fine. Um, so, uh, Kobe red Avengers and I apologize. Um, so Captain Marvel number 34 real quick uh, is the last of the Marvels uh, next chapter. Um, we talked about moments. Holy cow. There's like two moments in here where we get to see like a new ability that kind of comes about where that cliffhanger left off. Those are gorgeous moments. <laughs> Those look so good. So we get this whole expansion of what Carol's powers can do. And it actually makes a lot of sense. Um, we also get, uh, another like group of of marvels and, and more of that storyline. This is a lot of action um, in this one, uh, but you know, Philavel gets like a redemption mode. So there's a lot of stuff in here. I I really dug, but like those new power scenes, holy cow, they just like blew me away. Janelle, what do you think? Uh, I'm gonna let Kofi take this one to start because I've been talking too much. It. No, no, oh, I didn't. Yeah, oh. yeah I, I, right. I literally read Avengers. You read Avengers and Venom. <laughs> <laughs> and a bunch of other, don't get me wrong, but full disclosure, there's some changes happening behind the scenes. I have to like read a lot of comics these days. So like I yeah. have to read more and more comics. So yeah, it's been a lot. I have to slow through the rest of these. Well, you missed out. This was spectacular, right? Yeah, was, uh, I'm going to mute, mute now. You guys discuss. Because okay. this is yeah. the last bit. Then we got to wrap. So you yeah, guys finish it. Matt. Uh, then I'll go. Yes. I mean, am I, am I wrong here? Please no. tell me if I'm wrong. No. You're not going to get any argument from okay. me. Uh, no, uh, you can't do it because you it didn't was, read it. <laughs> so crazy. It, listen, action packed, um, like leaves me wanting more. Uh, really cool story, exciting. I I don't know. It was thrilling. The art is beautiful. Like I I don't I don't I definitely yeah. don't see any problem with this. This is to me every comic I read was worth my time and energy this week. Yeah, uh, real quick, because I this deserves a bigger spotlight. So we're, I'm actually going to probably save this for next week. Wonder Woman Historia came out. It is another big book. It's like 54 pages, I believe, or something like that. But it is gorgeous. It is stunning. I feel like Jim will hurt me if I don't talk about this book <laughs> for a little bit. But we will talk about it in depth because this actually was one of those that kind of demands more spotlight there's a lot going on here uh some of the hippolyta scenes were just incredible um and, and look kelly sudaconic did a great job uh phil Jimenez, gort i mean this is a book that like look i typically when i'm reading stuff digitally read comics view or like gallery view, whatever the view is called where it's like it breaks it up this is one where having the physical issue if you can get it makes a difference it's stunning like looking at some of these pages is stunning so uh, definitely worthwhile, but we will get into that some other point. So that is comics. No, I want to break that down. So we will do that next week. Let's, that make, a, let's make a point to talk about that because I do want to talk about it. I'm enjoying Wonder Woman and I want to keep highlighting it. So yes, this yes. will also be my agenda. All right, that'll do it for this episode of Comic Book Nation. First and foremost, we want to thank WWE's Raquel Gonzalez for dropping by on that just crazy badass throne of hers and <laughs> talking with us about NXT War Games, which will be happening this weekend. Um, Matt and the rest of the w, uh, comicbook.com wrestling team will be covering that and keeping you guys up to date on everything. So be sure to check that out if you're a wrestling fan. 
If you are just getting into the show, we, Comic Book Nation, air every Friday at noon live on Twitch and YouTube and Facebook. You can watch any of those platforms. And if you missed the beginning, you can watch afterwards as soon as we're done recording. If So if you missed our Hawkeye talk today, that was the beginning of the show. Just go right back to the beginning and check out everything we had to say about Hawkeye and the theories and the MCU because that, that was a good discussion. If you want to just download the audio, we are on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio, or tell any smart home device to play Comic Book Nation podcast, and it'll just do it for you. If you like the show, leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Thank you in advance. If you want to find me, I'm at Kofi Outlaw. I'm at Aguilar CB. I'm at Janelle Wheeler on Twitch and everything else. No E on the end of Janelle, though. Oof, get it right. Everybody spells it wrong. It's okay. Get it right. <laughs> Thank you guys for tuning in. As always, this has been Comic Book Nation, where we break down all of the geek world for you guys and discuss with you. Hope to see you guys again. Peace. Peace. Bye, guys.